Rethinking healthcare takes more than disruption. It takes more than thought leaders. It takes change makers and doers. That's who we'll be speaking to on the Healthcare Rethink Podcast, giving you, our dedicated listeners, a rich body of insights to make your own change. This is the Healthcare Rethink Podcast. Yes, this is the Healthcare Rethink Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Urban. And today we got ourselves a high level guest. Joining our podcast is Vice President and Chief of Staff to the CEO, Samir Koken, leading a lot of great strategy for Point32 Health. Samir, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's great to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. We've gotten to know each other a little bit before the recording here, and we actually have kind of an interesting connection. You are previous to the Pittsburgh area working with Highmark Health, and now safe to say you're a New Englander. So you uh, changed some geographies on us. I live in New England. I'm always going to be a Pittsburgher at heart. But yeah, I love it here. It's a great place to live. I, I was hoping to hear that. that that's, that's perfect. Uh, excellent, Samir. So with every episode, we love to get our audience familiar with our guests. And we got to start with your story. So you have this amazing visibility across Point32 Health and an amazing touch to deploying strategic initiatives. But before you got to this level, where did you come from? Where did this all start? What was your path to success and touching a lot of great strategy at Point32 Health? Well, um, I, I'll start at the way beginning, Brian. I actually, my whole life growing up, I knew with 100% confidence that I wanted to be a physician. <clears throat> there were no questions. That's what I was going to do. My mom was a physician. She also was a professor. And that was really, I saw what she was able to do. And that's what I wanted. And so marched down that path, and I was very happy to do so. I went to Penn State and uh, started my degree in biology, which, you know, again, leading me on that path. About halfway through, I thought, hmm, maybe not, right? And so it was time for me to recalibrate. My parents, who have always been extremely supportive of me, I went and spoke to them about it. And my father, who was really successful, really in the business world with both Westinghouse and Eaton Cutler Hammer, he, he always thought that I would be good more on the business side. And so what he did was steered me towards doing a master's in health administration from the University of Pittsburgh. And that really combines the business side of things, but still maintaining my healthcare passion and, and background. Um, and that really is what has put me on this really, what I like to call nonlinear career path. So I have done pharmaceutical sales, which I did for two years, which taught me a lot, including that I did not want to do sales as a career. Um, I did, from there I went to IT, actually for a small health uh, system based out of Pittsburgh. One thing about your background I did not know. So that's a nice little surprise there. Oh, and, it, and it's very cool. You know, a lot of times the work that we do, there's not a tangible result. That's that's a tangible result that, that I can really point to. And it was an amazing project to work on. After that, I moved to the patient experience department where I worked with our chief nursing officers to really understand what drives the patient experience. And, and truly that's nursing. And I got to see really the challenges that our nurses face. And it just gave me an incredible appreciation for the work that they do. From there, I switched to consulting. Um, 
started at a small healthcare consulting firm called Crosspire. When I joined, when I say small, um, I was employee number five. And uh, but by the time I left, and that's not just me, it was a great team there. By the time I left, we were at over 50 employees and they've continued on an incredible trajectory. And now I'm on the health plan side of the equation. And it's, as you know, it's a really complex equation when we talk about healthcare. And so I think I, I really have a unique view because of really the varied experience that I've had in my career. Yeah. What a mixed bag that you come to the table with now at point 32 health and a lot of nuggets in there. I, I was not aware of, I think Prospire is uh, a great boutique consulting firm, Dan Krogan, one of the growing leaders there Absolutely. for him and, and his work uh, specifically there. But uh, you know, this, you've come to a really cool arc in your career now. And when I think about point 32 health, it's it's this growing name. I think the brand is maybe a year and a half. Close two and a half. Years. Yeah, a little over two and a half years old. Yeah. So it's it's still in its infancy in terms of brand, but uh, the combination of Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare and Tufts Health Plan uh, is is your foundation. Totally makes sense under one roof across you know looking at the consolidation and mergers within the healthcare industry, but coming together must have been really challenging. There's a lot to work through and puzzle fitting any big M&A uh, uh, project. So uh, what has this meant to you personally and really, I guess, New Englanders beyond that, those that, that are actually going and getting their health services, the healthcare side and also the health plan side? Yeah. I, so I've been here for about four months now. I've been at Point32 Health. And even in my four months here, while I wasn't part of that initial combination, I've seen what it's meant organization. I like to take a step back here. Like we talked about, we're basically about two and a half years old as a point as point 32 health as a, as an organization. But we combined two incredible legacy organizations that have over a hundred combined years of service to our members and our communities. Now add to that, this happened during the pandemic. So you're trying to bring two cultures together when you can't physically be together. So that was on top of the normal challenges you would face, that was that additional you know, hurdle, I would say, to overcome. And what I've seen is just an incredible willingness, first of all, leadership from Kane, our CEO, down through the rest of the organization, willingness to really embrace that change, um, not without its difficulties and create this path forward to really where we are now, which is we are truly unified as one organization. There's still work to be done, but as far as what, what that means to the industry, it really helps New England as a whole because we get to maintain our position as an anchor organization that's local to New England, uh, that really focuses on the communities where we live the people that we serve. So it's been it's been an amazing ride and it's going to continue. And I just think, you know, I'm excited to be part of something that's going to continue to grow and continue to do really impactful things for our communities. And I love that because I, I think it says a lot about Point 32's uh, health strategy. Uh, you're, you're new blood. Uh, you're not organically grown. And I think that's a, a very intelligent way to think about attracting talent 
positioning them in the best place to be able to make the best impact. So I, I, I think uh, a lot about those companies that that take that approach because that's a risky approach, but it usually pays off in the end when you have well-rounded experiences coming into uh, a new organization. So it's, it's clearly a good fit and working out well. And kudos to Kane uh, as, as well. I think he has an amazing background in, in touching so many different types of, uh, of plans and projects around the healthcare ecosystem. Uh, and for yourself, Samir, you've been around the block and you've seen a lot of projects, in particular health equity. What strategies have you started to see evolve over the last five years? Because you've been in health plans and consulting and healthcare IT uh, and even physical construction of centers. So what have you seen really start to take tangible meaning with, with health equity programs? Well, first of all, I feel like been around the block is a nice way of saying you're kind of <laughs> old, but I'll take it. It's okay. Um, I would say if we look back, like, say, five years, right, when we we're specifically talking about health equity, I think health equity was kind of just getting on the radar as a concept. But I don't think that, broadly speaking, we were thinking about health equity in a really tangible or strategic way. You've seen a steady increase in awareness, both across various organizations, um, publicly with public policy, and even at the individual level. I think part of that, quite frankly, is that we as a society have been forced to recognize a lot of the systemic inequalities that we have, just broadly speaking, in society, not just with regards to health. Specific to health, um, one of the things that I've, that I've noticed over the years is there are a lot of individual initiatives that are happening. And what ends up happening with that is we get kind of a boil the ocean approach, right? There are so many issues that we're mm -hmm. faced with with regards to health equity that it's, it's a lot of kind of shotgun approach to, hey, let's see how many things we can do and see where we can get with those individual things. Where we're evolving to, uh, specifically at Point32 Health, but I think more broadly, is really trying to be data-driven as far as what can we measure? Because we know without being able to measure something, we can't really measure how we're performing and how we're improving. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've keyed in on here at Point32 Health is we're really focused. And so, so we've taken that boil the ocean approach and we've narrowed our focus down to really we've actually focused on six separate initiatives and i could get more into that but we're trying to be very focused on those initiatives so that we can move the needle right and we can use those as examples and as uh, to, to be able to start to spread how we did that organizationally and then hopefully to the broader community at large I like one thing in particular that you said, Samir, it's uh, getting away from the, the shotgun approach, the, you know, just blasting it out approach and being more thoughtful and precise and developing a strategy and an execution plan uh, subsequent to that. So I think that goes beyond just throwing it on a website, throwing it into a marketing initiative. It's an actual plan. It's an actual part of your organization's culture. So 
and speaking of that, definitely want to get into the six initiatives that you'd, you'd mentioned there. But I'm, I'm interested in particular with health equity becoming more centric to the mission and the, the objectives of Point32 Health. Have you started to feel in your short time there, but have you started to feel the culture rally around health equity and have more of an understanding and begin to have more uh, desire to have cultural health competency, education, things like that? Has, has that start to start to bubble up within the Point32's uh, organization? Absolutely. So um, one of the things that we've talked about, I think, <clears throat> a lot in the past, actually, not even in the past. We, so we're one of the first plans in New England to achieve the health equity accreditation from the NCQA, right? Mm -hmm. And we're extremely proud of that. It's foundational to, to who we are and what we do. But we're not just about collecting medals. It's really about adopting a health equity mindset within the organization. What I mean by that is we do have an extremely talented and motivated health equity team. Got to give a shout out to Wendy Williams and her team. They do an amazing job here. Having said that, we need to adopt this health equity mindset. And that means making sure that all of our colleagues understand how the work that they do impacts health equity yes, and how they need to have health equity as a focus in the work that they do, right? I, so, so what I've seen is we are well on our way as part of that journey. We, we really are committed to that health equity mindset, but we're not there yet. We have, we have work to do. And I think that's something that it's truly a culture change. And what's amazing is that I, all of our colleagues are here for a reason. And that's something that I've learned really in healthcare throughout my career. Usually people don't stumble into working in healthcare. Some people do, but by and large, people are really mission driven. And there's a reason why they want to be here, whether they're directly working with patients or members or they're more behind the scenes. But there's that mission. There's that desire to really help people just at its at its most basic. It's, it's how do we help people? And we have colleagues here that are absolutely focused on helping people. Mm -hmm. And that health equity just expands on that, right? Is how do we, how do we change these outcomes that we have that are, um, I mean, when you look at the statistics, they're, they're stark, they're disheartening. They seem like they're just too big to address, yeah. but that can't be the case, right? We know, we know that there are solutions. We just have to be very focused on making sure that we, drive towards positive outcomes and, and really making tangible change. The one thing that you said in particular is having your organization as a whole and individually know that their work touches health equity in some fashion. Like that yeah. is a very, that's a, that's a very loving, intelligent, curious approach to have to work. And I don't think you would have ever felt that eight years, 10 years plus being in this health plan, uh, integrated delivery network ecosystem. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't really front and center as it is today. So that, that statement right there that you shared is very impactful. Love hearing that. So Samir, the, the initiatives that you had mentioned 
uh, just a little bit ago. Curious on those and, and the progress that's been made. Can you give us a little bit more insight there? Yeah, so we've, we've identified six areas that we want to focus on, and that's maternal health, so pregnancy and, and maternal health, vaccine equity, um, rural health, so access to health care in our more rural settings, substance use disorder, and kind of most broadly, I would say SDOH, right? That's one of our focus areas. And, you know, I know you've done, you've had discussions with, with guests on SDOH just on its own, right? It is such a pervasive and just massive challenge. But the way that we're focusing on it is what are the tangible activities that we can do? So when we talk about these six areas of focus, we've, we've been able to narrow it down. Now we have various initiatives within each of those. So we have these, you know, our, our kind of our six verticals within health equity. And then what are the programs? What are the areas where we can really measure progress and then really be accountable? We actually recently released our um, first annual DEIA and health equity report, right? And the purpose for that is number one, to really let let the world know what Point32 Health is doing on those, in those specific areas, but also to hold ourselves publicly accountable. You know, mm. we're, we're open and honest about what we're doing and also where we want to go. What are our goals? And I think that's really important. It's, it's something that I know Kane has talked about a lot. When you hold yourself publicly accountable, it really moves the needle and because people are going to ask you about it like so so where are you with that you know it's 2023 2024 and we're excited about that we're excited about the challenge we think we can really move the needle on those initiatives and then start to expand that and the other thing i want to say is um it can't just be individual organizations that are working on their own in silos yes. right that's one of i think the issues that we've had with tackling health equity as mm -hmm. a whole. And I, I, I'm really excited to see that it's not just, you know, health systems, it's, it's payers, it's government organizations, it's community-based organizations. Mm -hmm. It's all of these advocacy groups that are coming together to tackle this huge problem and work collaboratively. And to me, the biggest challenge is we just don't have clean data on a lot of the things that we're trying to impact. Um, and I think that's a really area of an opportunity, a, a real area of opportunity for us as a whole is to get clean data that we can all trust and share. And then we're, we're all you know, making that impact together rather than in our own separate silos. You hit on so many important things. It's almost tough for me to pick on what's the next thing that I want to ask you about there. But I, I, I really appreciate you breaking down those six areas of interest that your focus is going to be on with your health equity initiatives going forward. So that is extremely helpful. I think it's a good, uh, a good picture for everyone listening here to pick up and, and translate into their own organization's health equity initiatives. And the, the, the point you made about data we talk a lot about socioeconomic data on this podcast. Uh, life happens outside physicians' offices, things that aren't captured traditionally in electronic health records uh, that, that are really important. If, if people are on the edge of bankruptcy, uh, they've lost a loved one, they've lost 
uh, an asset, a home or a car or a job. Those things are difficult to talk about uh, patient to physician and difficult to integrate as it's, it's not common data. A lot of analytic teams have not played with uh, in, in healthcare organizations and health plans, but it's definitely the next leap. And you bring up such an interesting point. It's a village. It's a huge, massive village approach that we all need to have to be able to start to break down a lot of these SDOH barriers that have been put up for generations in front of a lot of families across this country. And Kane, that you mentioned here, uh, I'll go off of this. What a, a great leader to be able to act as a coach. I, I, I want to get a, a kind of a, an understanding of this guy's brain. So this he comes off as a coach to me when I see a lot of publications and, and news regarding him. Does he, does he lead as a coach or is, is, is it a different type of mentality that he has with leading Point 32 Health? He absolutely does lead as a coach. And I would even take a step back and say um, leads by example. He, he truly believes when we, so for example, I just mentioned that the, the DEIA and health equity report that we published, that was something that Kane actually wanted to start two years ago when he got here, right? He, he was laser focused on that from the, from day one and has helped execute on it and has supported it and has championed it. So when we talk about health equity, when we talk about the way that Kane leads, um, again, I've been here for four months, but in my four months, I've seen just how, uh, how real this is. It's not lip service. And mm. unfortunately there are, there are places where it is. It's tangible, it's meaningful, and he really leads by example. He's out in the community. He, uh, you know, speaks on health equity. I think in the in over the summer he participated in three separate panels on health equity. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's 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 a topic that's pervasive, kind of in the in the um, ecosystem right now, but it's been pervasive at Point Thirty Two Health since day one really so yeah it's it's really just for me personally i've had a lot of great mentors in my career and i've been very fortunate and that's just uh kane is kind of it's like the next level it's been great yeah I, I i love hearing that top down bottom up uh a very authentic organization that is being continually transformed uh point 32 health and i will tell you uh in terms of you know who we talk Two on our little podcast here, we talk to the doers and the impact makers. Uh, you know, we've actually, you know, not wanted to talk to a lot of thought leaders, if you will, because they have not put in the the work, the grit, uh, in terms of maybe their life experience or their their career experience. But those that are truly invested into it and, and held accountable publicly is the voices we love to hear from. And so I, I think Samir, you represent that so very well for your organization and everything that Kane is leading as well. So thank you for those, those comments. We covered a good bit of ground here. Um, one thing I want to go back to actually is the NCQA health equity accreditation. I, I completely forgot to hit this because you mentioned this a few comments ago. Uh, you have two plans underneath Point 32 Health that got full accreditation. That's that's not just like taking a quick quiz. That is a lot of work. That is a lot of resource investment. 
And it's a great consultative package in terms of value that the NCQA is, is offering to help health plans in particular hit a lot of measures that will be coming out in future years as, as CMS is really adopting a lot of NCQA's measures, guidelines, and, and other uh, strategic suggestions. So what has it meant to maybe the, the health plan side of Point 32 Health to achieve these full accreditations and, and start to put it in action? I mean, it's, it's more than just a medal, as you said, but what has it meant? It's kind of have a great sense of achievement and motivation for your future health equity initiatives. So I just want to get a sense of how that's been for the team. I think it's been extremely impactful for us organizationally. We, one of our values is own outcomes. And this is very much uh, something that we've accomplished where you see this, this tangible outcome, right? That accreditation. And like I said, it's not just lip service, right? That, this was a, a, an entire organization coming together to really coalesce around. This is something that's important to us and it's foundational to who we are as an organization. So it's really helped us in that regard. And, and, and it's really been cause for celebration, right? This is, it's something we're, we're very proud of. Um, but like I said, it's not, you know, it, it is, I think, helping to prove and even just solidify our commitment, mm. but it's, it's really now just the foundation to, and, and a stepping stone for everything else that we want to do. So I just, uh, it's, it's something that's very important to us. And we're glad to see the NCQA, as you said, take such a leading role in bringing, bringing health equity up as a, an area of focus nationally. And I, I just think together we're going to be able to move the needle in a much more impactful way than we are separately. And you wrap that around so well, Samir, because it's, it's those that are leading not only strategy in terms of gap closures, measures that can be shown to, to why we need to address social health needs, but it's the whole village approach. So you wrap that up so nicely. And for Point 32 Health, I got to look in our crystal ball. I want to think two, three years down the road, what are the biggest contributions to the lives that Point 32 Health serves in greater New England and maybe the ecosystem abroad? What's the biggest contribution that that you're seeing that will come to life over the next few years? Sure. Well, I'm going to make a pretty broad statement here, but I, I know that it's important to who we are. And that is, we want to be the leader in health equity, not just regionally, but nationally. Um, to unpack that a little, I'll just give you a little kind of personal anecdote here. My, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law both passed away from cancer. Um, and the reason I bring that up, I, I saw what that did to not just them, families, loved ones, and the, the lasting impact that it's had, um, especially on my wife's family, quite frankly. Now, these were people that had great access to care. They had significant resources. They knew where to go to get help. They didn't have to struggle with transportation, getting to appointments, things like that. And 
when I think about the contrast to people that don't have that access, mm. that don't have even, even quite frankly, the trust in the healthcare system that's supposed to be supporting them in those moments, um, that's what really drives me personally. But I think broadly as an organization, that's where we want to get to, where we want to help to create a system where those inequities, I mean, aspirationally, where they don't exist, yeah. but we've got to take steps to get there, right? It's not going to happen overnight. So we want to lead the way. And we are a regional plan, right? We are focused on New England. We live here. This is who we are. But when I say we want to be the leader nationally, we want to be that shining example of look at what Point 32 Health was able to do as an organization, working with other organizations, community-based organizations, government, everyone, bringing everyone together as really this convener, convener and taking that to the next level and being an example for kind of how we do this nationally. And we're, we're committed and we're headed in that direction, but I've said it before, I'll keep saying it again. Uh, there is a lot of work to do and yes. we're, just, we're excited for the challenge, but we're, we're, um, you know, we're just, we're excited for the challenge and we know that we have the capability and we have the leadership and we have the people to, to make this happen. Our colleagues are so dedicated that we know we can do it. It's just, it's not going to be easy. And a bold statement, but you all can back it up, especially in terms of who you have leading the helm across Point 32 Health. And I'm excited to see the progress. I feel a follow-up conversation coming on here, Samir, and uh, would love to check back in with you and the team because I think uh, those that uh, show they're putting in the work they want to be held accountable. They want to be a model for others to follow and to work with. So it's going to be exciting to see all of this work uh, come to fruition over the over the next year plus. So I want to thank you again so much for your time joining our little show, Samir. This has meant a lot to me. So, so thank you very much. And uh, for more excerpts and insights, please visit us at finthrive.com. Thank you, Samir. Brian, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome and look forward to checking back in soon. Thank you.